Welcome to the Cool Tools Show. I'm Mark Frauenfelder, Editor-in-Chief of Cool Tools, a website of tool recommendations written by our readers. You can find us at cool-tools.org. I'm joined by my co-host, Kevin Kelly, founder of Cool Tools. Hey, Kevin. Hey, it's great to be here. In each episode of the Cool Tools Show, Kevin and I talk to a guest about some of his or her favorite uncommon and uncommonly good tools they think others should know about. Our guest this week is Ian Charnas. Ian is an engineer and YouTuber who co-founded Sears Thinkbox, a seven-story makerspace at Case Western Reserve University that is free and open to the public. His YouTube channel features hilarious inventions like a real-life Mario Kart, an invisibility shield, and roller skating with a jetpack. Hey, Ian, how's it going? Terrific. Thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. Yes, we're really, really delighted that you uh, join us, and we can't wait to hear some of the cool tools you have for us. Excellent. Should I should I dive right in? Yeah. Why don't you just yeah, dive please. right in? Tell us tell about us, the first. Tell us tool. your first one. Yeah. Okay. The first thing I want to talk about is microphones. I've been making YouTube videos long enough, and they've got, I think, enough production quality that folks now ask me for advice. And the the thing that they ask me is, "What camera do you have?" And if there's any photographers in the audience or friends of photographers, you know this perennial question, what camera do you have? And the answer is that the, the camera is not the most important thing. It, it seems like it's the question we should be asking, um, but it's, it's really not about the camera, especially for video. Um, so if you're making an explainer video, um, if you're making a live stream, if you're hosting an online event, if you're making a video pitch for something at work, if you're making a, a wild invention in a YouTube video, um, people will forgive, uh, your viewers will forgive lousy and shoddy uh, video. It could be grainy. It, you could forget to color correct. It could be slightly out of focus. Um, people will forgive that. But for some reason, our brains will not forgive uh, shoddy audio. If the audio is scratchy, if there's too much wind noise, if there's too many uh, popping sounds, from uh, the papas and the tapas uh, 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 saturating the uh, condenser mic uh, pressure wave. Uh, People will just not forgive it. They will get frustrated, almost angry. They will turn, they will turn it off. Um, You could, you could be watching a video that has no video at all, which is a podcast. That's what we're listening to. And yet hopefully you're enjoying it. Um, So really it's most important to have good audio. Um, and to have good audio, you need to have a microphone and you need to have the microphone close to the source. If you take um, an iPhone video on a windy beach, six feet away from someone who's talking, um, good luck hearing them. But if you take that same scenario, just an iPhone camera which or an Android camera, which gets pretty good video these days, and you add a microphone so you can actually hear what the person is saying, mm-hmm. um, suddenly you have uh, what feels like a professional video. Um, I um, have tried many, many different kinds of microphones and wireless packs, and um, I want to recommend um, a a setup to your listeners. And these are ones that plug into an iPhone if you wanted to. Yes, you can use these with your iPhone, your Android phone. You can also Mm -hmm. use these with the more expensive uh, DSLR camera, um, video cinematic video camera. You can Mm -hmm. use them with a mirrorless camera. So there's several different ways to connect this okay. uh, to your, your video recording device. Cool. Tell us about it. Sure. So I've tried a number of wireless transmitter packs. What I did is I went to the 
camera store. I rented every kind of wireless pack I could, and I tried them all. And by far, the the best one for the buck uh, for me was uh, the Rode Wireless Go. Uh, Rode is a company. They make microphones. They're famous for it. And they started making this uh, cute little, tiny little square uh, transmitter and receiver kit. And instead of operating at, uh, this is, I'm going to get a little technical here, but instead of operating at 900 or 915 megahertz, uh, which is pretty, pretty saturated uh, bandwidth, they use a, a 2.4 gigahertz spread spectrum. I've never had this go out on me um, unless I was 500 feet away from the, uh, the transmitter. Uh, when so I was so could you just describe it in, in brief? It's they're like two little squares. One is at the camera, one that you carry with you, and then it's it's there's no wires. That that's the beauty of this is that there's not a wire from the microphone to the camera or your phone. It's done wirelessly. Exactly. You put the transmitter in your pocket. You uh, have the microphone snake up inside your shirt, um, just like you'll see on television news broadcasts. And then the receiver is plugged into whatever you're recording your video with, your phone, your DSLR camera, your mirrorless camera, what have you. Um, And this system just works flawlessly. The battery lasts three hours. It never experiences any dropouts or crackling noise or static. Um, It's wonderful. And especially, it's a very low cost. Uh, Traditionally, you'd expect to pay $500 for a good set, um, but depending on which sort of options you get, you're talking closer to $200 with this setup, uh, which is just unbelievable. And there's another advantage to it, which is that it's totally plug and play. A lot of the fancier gear might require you kind of seeking, picking up the right frequency, all this kind of stuff. But this one, you take the two cubes, you plug one cube into whatever you're recording in, the other cube you carry with you, uh, you put in your pocket, and then you just hit the front buttons and they sync automatically and you never have to think about it again. Exactly. There's no Bluetooth pairing. There's no making sure you're on the right channel. Um, none of those typical things that will sort of vex you as you're starting out um, will, will happen to you with this setup. So it's like a replacement for a wire. Is that kind of all it does is in, in essence? Um, well, well, it's not just a replacement for the wire. Actually, as he's saying, it's a really high quality. So, so um, mm-hmm. you could put up a wire, um, but I use it even when I'm close mm-hmm. by just mm-hmm. because the quality and the ease of connecting is so simple. And, and what yeah. are the input-output ports on it? Is, are they 3.5-millimeter jack compatible? I'm just trying to get my... Oh, yeah, good question. So on the transmitter side, that's what you would have about your person. Mm -hmm. That's what you'd plug your microphone into. Okay. And that has an eighth-inch, it's called TRS or tip ring sleeve. It's it's what looks like a traditional headphone jack that you would plug into your laptop or smartphone. Gotcha. And I've got a, uh, in the recommendations uh, list, I've got a specific uh, lavalier mic. It's also made by Rode. Mm -hmm. It's very inexpensive for the high-quality uh, audio that it produces. It's definitely broadcast quality. Yeah. There is a built-in microphone to the other cube that you carry so that if you needed to, um, if you didn't have a lab mic for some reason, you can, in a pinch, use the built-in microphone for that um, transmitting yes. unit. Yeah. Let I've uh, personally had uh, not such great luck. That microphone doesn't sound nearly as good. Uh, 
it sounds a little scratchy uh, somehow and a little tinny. Um, however, um, I have used that for recording uh, foley or sound effects. You know, the noise of uh, your feet crunching in the gravel uh, or whatever little sound effects you might want to add to your video. And then I should mention that on the receiver side, that's the that's the end that plugs into your uh, camera or your smartphone. Uh, there's two options. There's a um, line level 2.5 or 3.5 millimeter audio out, and that looks like your standard um, headphone jack again. That can plug directly into some smartphones, and it can plug directly into most uh, cinematic video cameras, camcorders, DSLR cameras. Uh, but there's a second option if you have an Apple iOS device, like an iPad or uh, iPhone, um, there's a special cable called the Rode SC15 that will directly connect the receiver to your iOS device in in a digital format rather than an audio uh, format. And uh, you, uh, it's fewer adapters to deal with, um, and it's a more reliable connection. It also powers your receiver, so it'll never lose battery. And then you use a recording app on the iPhone to record the signal? Yes. Uh, If you're recording video, you can just use your camera app. Mm -hmm. Um, Or you could uh, go a little bit fancier. A lot of YouTubers use something called Filmic Pro. It's a free app. Uh, It's also a paid version that I happen to like that um, unlocks some of the hidden features of your your phone's camera. Or you could just use an audio recording app. Uh, Rode has one that's designed for the their system, which is called Rode Recorder, uh, which I use a lot. But but the common way is for someone to be filming with their their phone, and then using this as an auxiliary auto audio source, and so you are recording the audio as you're recording the video. Exactly. Okay. Well, that's really great. That's that's um, and and I highly endorse the the Rode Wireless Go one or two. It's there. It's a bargain and a great piece of equipment. What's what's um you know what's what's a, another um tool that that you'd like to tell us about? Sure. All right. Next up, I'm I'm going to go a little controversial. There's a um a, a drink that is a meal replacer out there called Soylent. If you remember the movie Soylent Green, and Soylent Green end up being sure. people. This drink is uh, a little bit healthier and much less, uh, he- there's much less human uh, content in the drink. <laughs> um, so this is a meal replacer. It comes in a bunch of different flavors like vanilla and chocolate and strawberry. I happen to drink strawberry. Um, and it has uh, exactly one fifth of all of your daily nutrients that you need, your protein and your vitamin B and your everything. Um, it, the, the taste is is not... It doesn't taste like a, a fine French sorbet or it doesn't taste like, you know, the best meal you've ever had. It tastes good, but uh, not too flavorful. It's slightly bland. Um, but um, I lead a busy life. If you're a, a, a doer, if you take action, if you're a maker, if you're a media producer, um, throughout your day, you you could take an hour break for lunch. You could take an hour in the morning to kind of prepare your, your lunch and breakfast for the day. Um, or you can just grab two of these bottles. And what I find is that every day um, where I have one of these for lunch or maybe one of these for breakfast and lunch, um, I'm saving an hour of time in meal prep and in cleaning up dishes, things like that. And Kevin, Mark, you two do a lot. You can do a lot in one hour, uh-huh. uh, especially <laughs> if you have consistently an extra hour 
every day of your life. And so for me, it's trading a little bit of flavor. I mean, I like the things, but it's trading a little bit of flavor. It is slightly bland um, for a heck of a lot of time uh, back in, in your life. And uh, for me, that's, that's the, an easy decision. Uh, these little bottles are $3. They do, they taste good. They're not, they don't mm-hmm. taste amazing, but they taste good. And I can't uh, tell you how much I love having an extra, you know, 365 hours uh, in a year to do cool projects. Do you, so do you have it every day? Yeah, I have one for breakfast. Um, I usually have the one that is mixed with coffee. So it kind of functions as my coffee and my breakfast. <laughs> and then I have one for lunch. And then I cook a real dinner. It's a real treat at the end of the day to have, um, you know, solid edible food. <laughs> this is so interesting. I imagine if it's $3, so you're like saving a lot of money too. On groceries. Yeah. Oh, for yeah. sure. And uh, are you ordering these online or do you, is there a kind of a local place you pick them up? Do they have to be refrigerated? What, what What's the status in terms of that? Yeah, they're great questions. They're shelf stable. They don't need to be refrigerated. They do taste a little better if you refrigerate them. Um, but I currently don't bother. <laughs> I guess I'm really uh, jazzed about having all this uh, extra time on my schedule. Um, you, you can order them online or they're sold in some stores. There is free shipping, though, so ordering them online from the Soylent website um, doesn't set you back any uh, any shipping costs. Did you have a, a favorite flavors? I have tr- I had a, a lot of this over the past few years, <laughs> and uh, almost every single day I have a strawberry Soylent for lunch. Um, I tried the other flavors, the chocolate, the creamy chocolate. There's a mint chocolate. There's a vanilla. Um, and uh, I liked them initially, but over time, I sort of said, you know what, I, I'm just going to have my favorite one, which is strawberry every day, um, until one day I decided to do something different. Okay, strawberry. That is fascinating. Soylent. What is the base source of the protein? Is it soy? Is that where the soy lint comes from? Yes, there is a, a bit of soy in Soylent. Um, if, if you, for some reason, have a sensitivity to soy, there are other drinks out there. There's one called Huel, um, which I'm sure tastes great, but I just haven't tried it. I can't get past the name Huel. It sounds like I'm coughing up a hairball. <laughs> but I think Huel is based on pea protein. And there's a few other ones out there that use different kinds of protein. So depending on your diet or any kinds of uh, food sensitivities or allergies uh-huh. you may have, or just preference. Um, As I recall, in the movie Soylent Green, and I, I won't spoil it, this won't be a spoiler, but it was advertised as, I think, high-energy plankton from the sea. <laughs> There's, uh, to my knowledge, no, no plankton. Okay, that's too bad. It's entirely, uh, entirely vegetarian or, okay. or vegan. Okay. Yeah, I was just, I'm looking up now here. It's a soy protein, I think, is the first ingredient after water, um, which makes sense. Um, okay, so and they're and they're you say about three dollars a bottle and all kinds of flavors. Um, yeah, the company uh, also does some pretty good philanthropy uh, stuff. I happen to know the person that they that's currently in charge of their corporate philanthropy, mm-hmm. and they do a lot uh, for food banks, and so I, that's important to me. And I see they have also they have powdered form. I guess if you were backpacking and still wanted to have your sterlint. Yeah, the powdered form is also cheaper. If you want to save even more money and go down to a dollar a meal, I think, you can do the powder. But for me, it wasn't, uh, I like the cost savings, but I love the time savings. So the, mm-hmm. the powder represents 
That's what time removed from my plate. I want a time put back on my plate. Yeah. Okay. That sounds Alrighty. good. Unless you're willing to just spoon eat the powder. With- <laughs> <laughs> so so this, this seems like another time management uh, thing. Your next pick is the Boomerang email plugin. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, so I, I used to be on a big uh, Inbox Zero uh, productivity tool kick, and um, some of them turned out to just be fads in my life. But one of the ones that really stuck was this email plugin you can get called Boomerang. And here's how it works. If you are sending someone a message and you want to make sure that they reply, there's a little button that you click or a keypad if you're a hotkeys person uh, that you can press. And a little menu will come up and you say, hey, I want this to reappear in my inbox in two days, a week, a year, 10 years from now, in 30 minutes, whatever whatever time you want, um, whether or not uh, that person responds to me, or I want it to reappear in my inbox if that person hasn't responded to me. Um, and that might sound like a niche feature, but here's some of the ways that that works. If you are asking somebody for something and you don't want to drop the ball, what do you do? A lot of folks will leave that email. Uh, maybe they'll copy themselves or somehow they'll leave that email in their inbox. And you end up with uh, an inbox full of things that you can't really take action on. So you open mm-hmm. your email and you go read this and that and the other email and you find out, oh, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. And you waste a half an hour just reading through emails that you can't really take action on, looking for, for something that you can actually uh, be productive on. Uh, with Boomerang, it gets that out of your inbox. So if I'm emailing, um, let's see, I work at a university right now. I'm e- let's say I'm emailing a professor. I want to know if she will participate in an NSF uh, grant application. I want to make sure she gets back to me or he gets back to me. And so I say, hey, hey, Boomerang, bring this back to my inbox in three days if that person hasn't responded. Um, I can also send an email later. Let's say it's 3 a.m. and I'm sending an email. I don't want people to know that I'm working at 3 a.m. because then expectations shift in a way that I don't want them to. (laughs) So I can say, send this at 8 a.m. and uh, let them think that I'm awake and productive at 8 a.m. Uh, instead of snoozing, which is what I'm actually doing. So I, I love this email app. It's totally free. As far as I know, you can uh, install it into Gmail. There's a mobile version you can put on your phone. And it really makes sure that I don't drop the ball on things uh, while simultaneously keeping all that uh, stuff I can't take action on out of my inbox. So so if it's free, who makes it and how is it being kept up? It's at boomerangapp.com, so so check that out. And there's a paid version. Ah, um, uh, okay. And the paid version has a couple extra features. Okay, all right. Well, so there is a paid version, to let that be known. Um, and this is the, the freemium version. Um, so it's a plug-in for Gmail then, is that what you're saying? Yeah, the the, the real magic happens on their server. And so they mm-hmm. have a client if you will, that is a Gmail plugin. Mm -hmm. Um, They also have an iPhone app and an Mm -hmm. Android app. Um, So there's a couple of different ways that you can uh, get this into your your email. I think actually, uh, I think my assistant uses it because she talks about that. uh, And I didn't realize that was, uh, I thought that was something that was built into Gmail, but maybe there's a similar function that's built into Gmail. Oh, good question. There is a send later feature that Gmail made, uh, that Google made 
in response to Boomerang. Boomerang caught on like wildfire and Google added this send later functionality, which is good. I can choose to send an email later. But that other functionality, the functionality of bring this back to my inbox if the person hasn't responded, mm-hmm. um, for some reason, Google hasn't opted right. to do that. And if you're and, an and organized- And you say bring it back to your inbox, is that word appears? It appears as a as a, a mess, the message that you sent appears or what appears back in your box? Yeah, exactly. So you'll see, let's say I send an email to Mark and I say, Mark, I loved being um, on the, uh, on the podcast. I wanted to know if you would be on my podcast. Uh, don't worry. I don't respond. And then (laughs) until he responds uh, in two days, you get a, a notice saying Mark hasn't responded and, and you get the same message back. I get the same message back, okay. yeah, along with a little note that says Boomerang brought this back to your inbox. Okay. That sounds really useful. Yeah. Yeah, if you're an organized person, if you're responsible for things, if you're the person who can't let that draw that ball drop, if you're a, a Virgo, if you're into that whole thing, <laughs> hmm. um, you will love this app. That sounds good. Yeah, I don't work with Gmail directly. I have, uh, I'm now with Apple Mail on my desktop. Would it work with Apple Mail as well? Which actually goes through, my mail actually goes through G, uh, Gmail Suite. I don't know. It's very complicated, but I guess you need to have the. I don't, I don't think know. they have the plugin yet for Apple's uh, mail yeah, program. Yeah. They do have a program for Outlook, which is common in a business environment. Yeah. Okay. So tell us about your um, your next pick. All right. So with all this extra free time that you're going to have <laughs> drinking Soylent and uh, boomeranging your emails. Um, I do a lot of creative engineering projects, um, things like invisibility shields. I've worked in groups on computerized waterfalls, musical Tesla coils. Um, my latest project I'm going to talk about in a bit is where I attached a jet engine to my back and uh, rode around on roller skates to see how fast I could, I could roller skate. And uh, so for the, my last cool tool, I wanted to let, your audience know that you, yes, you, are, can buy a jet engine. It turns out that in the United States, there's no restrictions on the sales of jet engines. And these can, these can be very small jet engines that fit in the palm of your hand, um, all the way up to things that you could hug, uh, like, like a barrel-chested man uh, sized. Um, and they are a little bit dangerous. <laughs> but if you're, if you're into making things, and uh, you're into a little bit of danger, or at least the appearance of danger, and maybe not actual danger, um, you can now buy jet engines from the radio-controlled aircraft world. Um, They come as small as a few pounds of thrust and as big as over 100 pounds of thrust. Um, And uh, what makes a jet engine a jet engine? Ah, yes. A jet engine is an external combustion engine. (laughs) So if you have a, a... a gas-powered vehicle, it is an internal combustion engine, which of course means that the tiny explosions happen inside of the engine. Um, With a jet engine, you are exploding uh, a fuel-air mixture, and the pressure wave that comes out of that uh, sort of constant explosion pushes these uh, very, very hard metal blades. And that part of the jet engine is called the turbine. And those blades are called turbine blades. and those uh, blades will push the air, help push the air uh, faster and faster, um, 
in, in one direction and you will generate thrust. Um, and the cool thing about the jet engine versus other kinds of jet en- uh, engines that you can put on a, on a small vehicle is that the engine continues to put out the same amount of thrust no matter what its speed is. So what does that mean? Think about a manual transmission car. You put it in first gear and there's, there's on- you can only go so fast before your engine just isn't going to go any faster. It's only going to go 3,000 RPM. You're only going to go 10, 15 miles an hour in first gear. And so what do you do? You switch up to second gear. Well, you keep doing that, but eventually you run out of gears and there's sort of a top speed uh, that you can hit uh, that's really limited, uh, not by the fuel, not by the shape of the vehicle or anything like that, but merely by the transmission that's limiting the top speed of your vehicle. A jet engine, however, um, keeps pushing with the same amount of push, the same amount of force, no matter how fast you're going. <laughs> so you could be going 300 miles an hour. It's still pushing you faster and faster. So at some point, you do have to let off the throttle. Um, but uh, you, you don't need a transmission. Um, it's just this one thing that generates a push. Um, and they're extremely loud. Um, so if you're kind of an adventurous, you know, lo- love the look of danger kind of person, you can now attach a jet engine to your canoe or your <laughs> back while you go roller skating. Um, mm. And it's just a fun thing to uh, kind of explore and, and think about. And, and, and with the fuel, is it using jet fuel as an engine or can it use regular gasoline or kerosene? What, what, what does it burn? Yeah, you can use different kinds of fuels in these RC uh, hobby style jet engines. Some of them accept diesel. Some of them accept kerosene. Some of them accept jet fuel. And the, uh, the secret that I'll let you in on is that jet fuel, which sounds incredibly dangerous, and if you watch action films with explosions in them, looks incredibly dangerous. Jet fuel is actually just slightly more refined kerosene, um, and it has a lot less explosive powder, uh, power than gasoline. So a fire safety expert will say, hey, gasoline, that has a lower flash point, a l- lower temperature at which it generates enough vapors so that it could be explosive, and it has a much higher vapor pressure meaning it produces more vapor even at a relatively you know, atmospheric uh, mm-hmm. regular temperature like you'd see out where you are. So gasoline's a lot more dangerous than jet fuel. It's, it sounds mm-hmm. counterintuitive because you hear jet fuel and you think, oh boy. <laughs> yeah. And how much, is, uh, how much do these cost? What's the, what's the range? These jet engines um, will only set you back either uh, somewhere in the $500 to $5,000 range, mm-hmm. uh, depending on how, how big you go. So for mm-hmm. all the makers out there, uh, start saving up. It's incredibly fun. And they, they maintain their resale value. So you'll if you want to pick one for, up for cheap or get rid of yours and get your money back, um, eBay is a great place to uh, find those. Hmm. And in fact, Ian, you um, made a, a video of your experience putting a jet engine on your back and then riding across it in a really big parking lot with, with roller skates. And uh, tell us, so, so you have a YouTube channel. Tell us a little bit about that and tell us about that experience of actually strapping one of these on your back and managing to live to tell us about it. Exactly. Great segue. <laughs> the, uh, I, uh, I got one of these jet engines and also during the pandemic, like many people, I got more into roller skating than I had been. I, I've roller skated on and off over the past couple of decades, but I finally bought a pair of roller skates. And uh, I've just been enjoying the exercise and being outside and you can 
still maintain social distance while roller skating. In fact, if you're not, you're going to have a hard time roller skating. So it's like the perfect uh, pandemic sport, if you will. Um, and I thought, you know what? I bought this jet engine and I need to figure out what to do with it. So I did a little Instagram poll and I asked uh, people who like my projects, um, what would you like me to attach this jet engine to? And I gave people some options. I was thinking, oh, it'd be fun to make an Adam West era Batman uh, pedal car and kind of attach this jet engine where mm -hmm. the jet engine goes in the original Batmobile car. Uh, it might be fun to put this on a kid's power wheels vehicle, those little electric cars that kids ride around in yeah. uh, because the, uh, the massively overpowered kids toy uh, theme maintains my interest. Right. But what people wanted was they wanted me to put the jet engine on my back and, and see how fast I could roller skate while Wiley coyote style. Um, so that's this, uh, that's the project they did and it was thrilling. And what size, uh, engine did you have? The engine I've got, it weighs about five pounds. It produces 30 kilograms, which is 66 pounds of thrust. Um, and so if you're a, an engineer, you remember your first equation you learned F equals MA force equals mass times acceleration. So initially you start off a little slowly and you go faster and faster and the only thing limiting you, uh, because it's a jet engine, is drag uh, coefficient. So how much is the wind pushing against you? So the theoretical top speed is somewhere around 100 miles an hour. But, you know, guys, my body was designed for typing. So you look at me. <laughs> I went about 17 miles an hour. But I've got some friends uh, who do roller derby. And these women went a lot faster than I did. One of them went 32 miles per hour. Uh, on a jet-powered roller skate, uh, which was amazing and, and worth a watch. Well, that's really cool. No, I think you're absolutely right that it's really, um, what's the word, inspiring to to know that you could buy a jet engine, even a small one particularly, for some weird project. Um, these are called CRX, I think is the name of the company that's selling these. Yeah, that's the vendor that I used. Um, the The manufacturer that I happened to buy was Suiwin, and I, I like them. Uh, they have an electric starter. Some of these things you have to start uh, with propane or you start them with um, air pressure. And it, it's a manual, annoying process to do that each time. Why not just get one that can start on its own? Uh, just like a car, you just press a button or turn a key and it starts. So the auto start feature is uh, in all, I believe all of the Suiwin jet engines. And uh, so that, that's mainly why I went with them. But there's other um, competitors. Uh, there's uh, JetCat. Uh, there's KingTech. They're, they're all pretty good, but I would recommend looking for that auto start uh, feature. And, and you said, uh, you began by saying that, that these were constructed for the radio-controlled airplane hobby world. Is that right? Yeah. So if you want to get into an expensive hobby, <laughs> that's a, that's a five figure hobby. Control jet engine or drone. <laughs> yeah. These things, they're not, they're not even small. These things could be half scale. I mean, they could probably carry a person. <laughs> um, it's amazing to, to watch uh, people with this hobby. I uh, didn't want to leave the ground um, with, with my jet engine. I'm, I'm happy here. Uh, I'm a I'm a terrestrial uh, animal, uh, you know. Really, is what I am. I don't take to the skies, you know. May maybe a little bit of an amphibian. I mean, I've I've been seen in a lake here and there, um, but definitely not in the sky. I want to just leave that to the experts. Uh, 
That sounds good. Well, Ian, that's a good place to wrap it up. I want to thank you so much for joining us. And uh, I encourage people to check out your YouTube channel. People can do that uh, by going to our show notes at cool-tools.org, and they'll see the links to all of the tools that you talked about, as well as links to find out more about Ian and what he's up to. So Ian, thank you so much. Thank you, Kevin and Mark. This was fun. Hey, everybody. It's Mark from the Cool Tools Podcast. I want to thank you for being a listener to Cool Tools. And I also would like to let you know about our Patreon page. If you would like to support the Cool Tools show, as well as our video channel, the website, and all the newsletters that we do, you can go to patreon.com slash cool tools. That's just one word, cool tools, and pledge any amount you want. You could even pledge a dollar a month. Every little bit helps. We have editors. We pay for transcribing costs. We pay our reviewers. Every bit of money that you contribute goes towards supporting the show. I'd like to give a shout out to our supporters of the Cool Tools podcast. This week, I'd like to thank the following Patreon supporters. Bill Schuler, Bob Kay, Ryan Pelly, Carl D. Patterson, Chad Cosby, Chris Wieland, Chris Weirstook, Craig Tooker, Dan O'Brien, Dean Putney, Donnell Cunningham, Evan Barker, Graham Medlin, Hans Riesbeck, Helen Hegedus, Jerry Kearns, Jim Lesko, Jim Spofford, John Pollock, John Burdenbau, Keith O., Ken Altman, Les Howard, Lauren Bast, Mock Nerd, Malton Make, Mark Goebel, Matt Gromes, Michael Douglas, Michael Jones, and Michael Pecorini. Thanks to all of you for supporting the Cool Tools Show. We really appreciate it. <music>